we're dedicating this episode to Onadele Kuku, an architect, an artist, and by all intents a genius who just recently died in Belgium. One of the great Nigerians who was understated and who, who didn't get the praise that he deserved as he lived. A great architect, a great thinker, and above all a great artist. He lived from 1963 to 2021 and he lived an exemplary life. Rest in peace, man. Oladini. Rest in peace, our dear genius. And may his family and um, the architecture family of Nigeria find the fortitude to bear the loss. So we're back again. Thank you for coming back and checking us out. Thank you for the um, myriad of views and and listening that um, we got last week. Thank you for being around, sticking around and giving us the confidence to keep going. Don't forget that we're, we're doing 54 episodes over the course of a year. Um, and this is episode 3. It's a not a funny episode. I, I pride myself on the fact that I'm not very humorous. But it's an episode that is going to talk about another experience that I've had on my sojourn to find things in architecture. So, the year is 2014. My wife and I are on a holiday trip. That's what we called it, but we just went to explore Europe. We hadn't done that together before. And we end up, after going through Rome and all those nice places, we end up in Rotterdam, which had been bombed out in the Second World War, rebuilt in a kind of modernist fashion. Who knows? But I've been very intrigued about Rotterdam because of, of course, the study of REM and REM coolers. So um, it, was, it, it, was, it was a very important thing for me having read a couple of his books to try and get to a building like Kunsthal in Rotterdam at the museum at the at the edge of the museum park. At that time I, I, I didn't have the kind of understandings that I I'll develop over the years. So we get there, we get there from, from the museum park um, after a sojourn in the library of the Architecture Institute and it's a hot summer day, beautiful light, beautiful sun. We walk through the, and unbeknownst to us as we're walking through the park, the park is a designed element too. But uh, I don't, I'm not able to get the nuances, being that we come from a place where architecture is a lot more direct and, and um, in your face than it is subtle. So I walk right through the park with my wife and then we get to Coastal. And I'm trying to convince her that this is brilliant, even if I can't convince myself about that. I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it. It was enigmatic. It was bland, to say the least, at that point. So um, I kind of went back again at, 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 a, at an earlier part of the day. I went back again at night, and it was still the same thing at that time. Yeah, so... Um, we're back in the studio and I forget the experience and somehow I get invited for a jury at the Venice Biennale in 2018 which by all intents and purposes was a flop it it couldn't pick up from the last two moreover it felt like it was 
almost like an autopsy of architecture. This is a book I've been writing and um, it will come out as soon as I can get done. It felt 2018's Binale was a, was a sad, quiet, not understated, but underdone Binale with people coming to strut their wares as if they had finished their victory laps in architecture. I mean, the Venice Biennale should be the Olympics of architecture, but um, unfortunately, we found that year that the Olympics were kind of cancelled. But that's the, that's the story for another day. Yeah, so in 2018, I'm, I'm in Venice and I'm at the jury, the jury that I was not very comfortable with, but eventually I got comfortable and I, I kept on telling myself that the culmination of my trip was to go back to Rotterdam and look and do a, a REM tour, a REM Kulhas and OMA tour to not only understand what all the fuss about that firm was and to, to, to understand how they had put their book Delirious New York over the years into use in their building. So um, I, I jump on, on the plane and I land, I think, Paris first. I'm in Paris for a night um, and then I jump on the bus from Paris. It's a trip I'm, I, I really love to do. I jump on the bus from Paris um, wearing a hat. A couple of people have, must have seen that on Instagram, a black hat, a black straw hat, a very stupid hat to be serious. Um, I jump on the bus and then I get to Rotterdam. I get to Rotterdam at night. So the next morning, again, I do my pilgrimage from Rotterdam Central, the, the train station, I walk up to the Architecture Institute, then I stay in the Architecture Institute and read some books about John Hayduke, then I come out about 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I come out of the entrance and I walk out of the entrance straight through Museum Park to Kunsthal. But at this point, I had, I, had, I had read a lot more extensively about the conception of the, of the building, about the museum park. And um, also there was an ongoing building by MVRDV. So it gave a lot more context. So I'm, I'm walking towards the museum park. I'm, I'm realizing all the design details in the museum park, the trees, the, the collaboration between Rem and the, the other artists, uh, the tree patterns, the planting patterns, the landscape. Um, surfacing I'm getting all that because it's a thesis of a project and then I get to the the rare of of, of, of the Kunsthal because you if you go, get to the Kunsthal from the Museum Park you go you, you hit it from the rare and suddenly it comes to me I hadn't been able to see it before what I thought was bland was actually a very 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 conscious and sure approach towards making a building it was it was a magic box it was it was the Parthenon rethought even if it didn't have columns it was essence in form of architecture the architecture was built around an, 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 a, a ramp that was intersecting as an X and culminated as a green roof but the architecture it, it spoke the way architecture should speak. When you approach that marble wall from the, from, the, from the landscape, you feel as if you're in the presence of another civilization that was so intelligent that they understood that they didn't have to 
they don't have to cater to the day-to-day need for excitement in 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 in, in life through architecture so it was it was a revealing experience so i'm standing there at that wall imagine standing there at this marble wall with the sculpture and the tower protruding from the low flat box that felt as if it should be a bigger box than it is and then i start to try to go through the the ramped area to the front of the building and then i start to get the front the floating slab on the front and the corrugated sheeting of the ceiling and how the structure was not perfect but it created a perfect experience if you understood it now the only drawback i had was i had had to read and read and read to understand the joke behind the architecture this is a drawback of architecture especially architecture that wants to be avant-garde we expect that everybody has gone to these ivy league schools and understand these jokes and these rules that have been created over centuries that create a certain type of architecture so that uh, most of the architects of these kind of schools are in conversation with that language about certain architectures that people who come from Africa, for instance, have no real access to. So it's, it's more difficult for us to see what it is that this architecture is doing. So it, it, as, as, as great as it is, it falters because if you're not initiated into the understanding of architecture in a certain language, it falters for you. But architecture is a public art and therefore architecture must be accessible to all people. So that's another argument that we can have at another time. Um, but but I, I'm, in the build, I'm in the building, I'm going around and I realized that I found a point in my quest to find my own Parthenon. Here's what that Parthenon, the Parthenon means to me. Um, the Parthenon doesn't mean anything to me really. I think it's not a very good building. I think it's just a, more, it's, it's just a marking of European civilization. I don't think that the Parthenon is such a great building, but the moment of finding the Parthenon that almost all great European architects have had, for instance, Corbusier, um, is a moment that an architect looks forward to, to have a springboard to create new work that reflects his time and is timeless enough to be a springboard for other architects to reflect their time. So I had been looking for my Parthenon now since I left school, and I suddenly realized that this was a great contender for a Parthenon-like figure in my architecture. And um, that, then became, that, that, that then became a little obsession of ours as an office and, and, and me as a person, that we find a way to understand and recreate the greatness that we had seen from, from Rem's building. And in fact, um, in the museum that we're doing in, in Ghana, on the hill in Ghana, um, it's a box and a horn, and the horn sits on the box, and the box is almost reminiscent of Kunsthaus. So to read our box is to figure out that we have made structure as great as it is, redundant enough that architecture becomes the most important part of, of the composition. What I mean by that is simple. Typically, when structure is is forced to reach a point of perfection, architecture has to 
bend around structure so that people can't live their lives in the way that they want to they had like, have wanted to live their lives because of the perfection of the structure but Kunsthaar found a way to leave its architecture around the structure while the structure itself performed absolutely brilliantly but it wasn't intrusive and it didn't force a, a, a kind of perfection on the architecture that couldn't be surpassed or that made the architecture have to act in a certain way that was not good for human use so that's what Kunsthaar showed me Kunsthaar is, is a hell of a building but it's for the initiated into the understanding of certain kind of rules of classical architecture and non and non classical architecture so it, i i believe that i believe that as good as kunsthal is what the knowledge from kunsthal is is that we should find a language of architecture that is acceptable to all people and that can create buildings that are good and intellectually sound and work as systems and all people understand and can access the intelligence behind and love thank you for for listening thank you for being with me for another 13 minutes have a fantastic week and don't forget to follow um, the instagram page for the podcast at aacw podcast and don't forget also to share comment and Let's have a discussion on Instagram. Let's have a discussion on all um, social um, media networks. And again, I'll see you next week. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers.